Great, thank you. Thanks, Naomi. Well, just wanted to take this opportunity to say last week we shared the vision talk for 2020. It's actually something for the next five years. If you missed that, can I highly recommend that you catch up on it? I don't want to say catch up on it right now because it's baptisms, but normally I'd be like, stick an earphone in, forget what I was going to say and listen to that. Honestly, I think it is really important. We laid some of the foundations of what we believe the direction will be for us as a church as we head into the next season uh, collectively as a community. And we're increasingly sensing the nudges of the Holy Spirit to step out in faith once again to create something that doesn't depend on us, to see the Lord do what he wants to do. This is not our church. This is his church. Imagine if we stepped into a moment in time where we surrendered and sacrificed it all to him again and said, Lord, do whatever you want to do. See what is happening in the, the world at the moment. I say, Lord, we need you again. And we want to just allow him to have complete freedom for the growth of the church, the development of it, for reaching and spreading across this city. We always said some of this would happen. It was always in the blueprint of the church. But um, th this is a moment to go again. And we want to ask you to stand with us and partner with us in that. And um, I, I wanted to say people often join something once it's grown, once it's established. But often the Lord births something in this before moment. And I believe we're often in that before moment. We're stepping into something that we can't currently see, believing that one day it might be. And that's faith. And that is stepping out into the fullness of what he has. And so thank you for those of you that are standing with us in this stage. But he is asking us to go again. And that is a big ask. And I feel the weight of that. And I know for some of you, this has been a hard week. It is a, it's a burdensome thing. There is often a bit of pushback on it. But also we will feel the weight of, here we go again. But that's okay because it is... When it's the, we don't want to do it if it's not the Lord, but if it is the Lord, we want to do it. Surely that is so. So just to give some of you an idea of who missed it, we said two things. Firstly, we intend to plant more small groups. I think we've always said that, but we believe there's going to be a gear change in order to increasingly reach across Greater Manchester. Our dream would be that we'd start to see small groups planted across every borough. There's 10 boroughs in the city and then see what the Lord might want to do with that from there on. Secondly, we said we believe it's time to start looking for a building to either rent or buy a facility of our own that would accommodate and support our growing, expanding vision and needs with the kids' stuff, the youth stuff, the worship rehearsals, alpha, outreach, training and equipping, place that would allow us to be all that we think the Lord is calling us to, to do that. And to do that, we need a facility. We need something that currently is affecting, the infrastructure's affecting our ability to step into the next stage. And so we said, as such, today, we would hold a one-off giving day to enable the Lord to prepare for us to build for the future. And so in a moment, what's going to happen is the offering baskets will come round. I know for many of you that it's purely symbolic. It is for us. We will be giving online uh, today or at some point this week. Most of you will give online, so I just want to say, of course, that's fine. If you do want to give uh, through cash, there is a little envelope that allows it to be gift-aided if you haven't already done that. But the, the online link, if you're not aware, is mvuk.org forward slash BFTF. It stands for Building for the Future. 
Can we encourage you, if you are joining us in that, to do that as soon as you can in the earlier stages of this coming week. It just allows the finance team to, to work through it, to fully understand it, as we then announce to you next Sunday what that amount given is. Also, we wanted to say, as with everything we've done on every step of this journey so far, we will give away a minimum of 15% of everything that comes in to things that do not directly benefit the church. One of the things that we will do with that 15% on this giving day is, as a church, we've had a long-standing partnership with Albania. One of the churches that we have support there in a place called Saranda has very recently lost its funding, and we cannot not respond to it. This is a risk moment for them of losing their church. It's a risk moment for us to give of uh, the money that comes in for what we believe the Lord is calling us to do here, but surely that is the kingdom response. So it's our intention on the back of this giving day to give a minimum of a three-year commitment to allow them to be financially viable. Unbelievably, as we've explored that, we realise to buy the building is only actually £40,000. Sounds a lot of money, but I guess in the largest scheme of things, it isn't. Somebody has offered to put £20,000 into that who's not in this church, leaving only twenty. I say that just because we're, we're spent on the Lord and we'll see what he does. But either way, we're going to respond in some mechanism and some means. Um, as we seek to have a facility here for this church, we've always longed to bless others. And so that will, of course, cost us, but we have a huge part to play in the unfolding story of the gospel and the fervorance of what the Lord is doing, not just in this church and this city, but across the world. So again, we, we, we choose generosity and we choose that he's got our backs. This is another step of faith. So let me say this isn't about equal amounts. It is equal sacrifice. It's a response from our hearts to stand in faith again for the next leg of the race that is marked out for us. Can I say, if you don't hear anything else that I've just said, please hear this and, and really hear this because I mean it from the bottom of my heart. We do not give out of obligation or pressure. We give out of an overflow of a heart's desire to see the Lord move. So please do not give out a pressure or burden, as is always the case. And I want to make this abundantly clear. We personally do not know what you will give. We don't want to know that. The finance team will know. We will only ask them if you have given so that we can thank you and encourage you for standing with us in it. So please feel no burden. Just, just before we launch in, I just want to say um, many of you will be watching and seeing the, the news at the moment and all that's unfolding in Ukraine and it's, it's heartbreaking. And I think as uh, people who want to read the word but not just read it, we want to do something about it, sometimes we're like, what do we do? We need to, we need to do something. As kingdom people, we need to have a response. And um, in moments like this, it's sometimes quite hard to know what to do or how to do it. Yeah, of course we're praying, but what do we do? And... Um, as often happens in these moments, the, the key organizations and charities involved actually discourage people from sending stuff because it's actually not that helpful. The way it's then collated and distributed makes it more complicated for them in the places that it's sent to. And some of the stuff that is sent, like clothing and things like that, often just ends up in landfill. And so the major organizations are like, please do not send stuff, but yet still we want to do stuff. And um, the 
really try not to walk a political line because I think it's dangerous and I don't want to go there, but I want to respond with what I think the, the Father would have us do rather than something politically. But there's, there's, there's obviously a uh, delay in people being able to, from Ukraine being able to move to the UK. Uh, numerous countries around the world are taking people in rapidly and that is not necessarily the case here. And it is trickling out currently in the news, but I think they're about to make a a fairly bold announcement tomorrow that they're going to they're going to launch a matching program where for every person who says I will take somebody in the government will allow that person in if that makes sense um, as is often the case that the church is fairly united in this country over we want to do something and we want to do it quickly and um, they're actually pioneering and leading the way in bringing together charities, organizations, businesses, and all sorts to say, hold on, this is a moment where we need to and we should respond. And for some of you, I think you'll, you, I've actually had some conversations with some of you this morning, it's like, you, you need to do something, and you're working out what that is. I just want to point you in the direction of sanctuaryfoundation.org.uk. Sanctuaryfoundation.org.uk. Chris can die, many of you will have heard of him, is organizing it, is bringing together multiple churches. You can offer in multiple ways to do something. It might be you oversee a business, you lead a charity, you're involved in something. You can offer numerous things. One of the things you can offer is to take somebody in and they have a system and a mechanism to, uh, to allow that so that we can allow people to come to a place of safety and to, to be in this country. And um, let me, let, me, let me just pray about that. Father, we're people who long to respond and extend the kingdom. We want to love people and we want to serve and support them in, in the most terrifying, challenging circumstances. Lord, I, I pray for a move of God in, in Putin. Lord, I, I mean, ultimately, I pray that he would just come to know you. That would change it in a second. I pray for peace. I pray for stability. But I also pray for us, Lord, as people who have hearts to respond in the moment that you would show us and lead us in what we can do practically, as well as praying and as well as supporting in wider ways. So, Lord, stir us afresh. Let your, the, the, the reign and rule of God that is currently in heaven be established here on earth. And Lord, it is beyond words, and so we just entrust it to you. But we equally say, here we are, spend us as you like to see that kingdom extended. Amen. I hope that's helpful. There is a bit more detail on it if you go on sanctuaryfoundation.org.uk. Gosh, it's hard to go, and let's move on, but... Um, we're delighted to be baptizing some people today. It's a wonderful celebration of obedience. I just want to take a few moments to explain what that is and why we might do that. But be before we do, I kind of wanted to say I felt quite conflicted about today, if I'm honest with you, because this is a joyous moment, baptizing people. Equally, it's collided with a giving day and the next step of the church. Therefore, many of you will be here for the first time and it will play into a stereotypical scenario or view that the church is asking for money. And that's quite a challenge, if I'm honest. That's not how I'd want it to be and I didn't intentionally align the calendar in that way. But that is just a reality of what has clashed. And ultimately, we're on a journey 
and it's about creating and forming infrastructure to develop a culture to fulfill vision. And you just kind of stumbled into that moment alongside us. But I wonder, have you ever noticed that there are just some things that you either just know or you've learned over time? You may have learned to ride a bike. And once you've learned, you don't forget, well, I don't think I've ever met anyone who has forgotten how to ride a bike once they've learned to ride a bike. And, you know, it's kind of the same with swimming. Once you learn, you can just swim. It might not be particularly pretty, but you, you can just do it. And uh, I've never jumped into a swimming pool and then panicked that I couldn't swim. It's not, admittedly, it's not pretty. I often, when we get on holiday, I'll just dive in and it kind of, it's a cross between breaststroke and doggy paddle trying to get to the side. But I always get to the side because when you know, you do just know. And um, you don't unknow what you do know. But have you ever found with church that for those of you who are, are new to this, or this is your first time, that either you don't just know, or what you do know isn't actually quite then worked out in how it is. So th that might not make any sense, but let me just give you an example. Some of you will have come here today, and you will have had no idea what you were coming to. It's like, oh, church. oh yeah, we're going to church, we're going to the baptisms. In a school? Like, what? <laughs> wait, wait a minute, what? Some of you have just got used to it, but it's like, if you actually think that through, church in a school, we took a long time to explain that to our kids once. It was like, well, no, we're going to meet church in a school. And some of you will have thought you were knew what you were coming to, but then when you got here, it was kind of a bit different because it's like, well, where are the pews and where's my dog collar? Trust me, that will never happen. But <laughs> previous, your previous experience of, of, of church may have been many, many years ago, may have been for, you know, like a wedding or a... Uh, a dedication or a baptism or something like that. And then when you turn up today, it was just slightly different to what you were expecting. There was maybe somebody outside on the car park helping you to come in, which, let's be honest, well, maybe some of you do need this, but most of us don't need somebody to help us park. Like, we, you go to the supermarket or wherever you go, and nobody ever shows you how to park. But what they really do, maybe they need to, but what they're really doing is just trying to say... You're really welcome here. We really care that you came here today. And may, maybe it was a bit odd, but maybe also it was kind of a nice thing. And then let's just walk through the next few moments of kind of what happened to you. Because, and not just if you're here first time today, but for some of you who are newer, this may have happened to you. Kind of go on that, that long walk along that corridor there. But as you come in, somebody would have said hello to you in a way that was almost like they knew you. You know, it was like, it was almost a bit, oh, oh do I know you? I'm not, you're really saying hello there. And um, uh, that they, they may do that even if this is your first time. And if this isn't your first time, just remember it, because it's like, do you remember when that happened? It happened to me. Somebody said hello to me in a way that I was like, do I know you? Have I just forgotten your name? No, I've not actually ever met you before. But then you walk up that long bit up there, that corridor thing, and you're kind of walking up, and maybe it was just me, but you're in your head you're thinking, what, what on earth have I just come to? Well, what's going to happen now? And you make a beeline for the refreshments, because it's like, get something in your hand 
That's gonna, you know what you're doing. It's a drink, it's food. You've done that before. It's okay. Uh, and you feel just a little bit less odd about what's then happening. And then you bump into a number of people, and it's all a bit weird because it's all like the whole hello thing, like I've met you before, we know each other, but actually I've never met you before. We kind of feel like we know each other, but actually we don't. So all of that happens. And then you come in here, and we do a bit of, let's just call it singing, and then we stand up for the whole time, which is like we're standing up and we're, we're singing. And a few people stick their hands in the air, maybe like they're at some kind of concert. And there's, if you look around, because you do when you're new, you're like, oh, there's the odd person crying to the singing thing. And then uh, some people look like they've done this all the time and it's like they've done this forever. And some people are like looking around like, what is actually going on here? And then others are like, excuse me, what is happening in here? Do you know what I mean? Is everyone like, you want to nudge your mate and be like, it's kind of like that. And then, then, then the, we do the singing thing, and you don't really know the words, but some people look like they do. And then the, the, the best explanation I've ever come up with for that is it's like a really weird karaoke. Like, everyone's <laughs> facing the front. Some of you know the words. Some of you don't. Normally, it's just you standing at the front singing to others, but this is everyone singing at some that do know the words. And everyone's facing the front. And then... Um, then, then, then if I could just try and put you at ease, if you're feeling like that about all of that, rather than that be the end of your odd experiences today, I'm about to tell you that on this particular week that you've come, a, f a few people here are going to voluntarily, out of their own choice with all of us watching, get into a half-filled birthing pool, which is kind of like a strange hot tub, but it's not, but it is warm, uh, but we're not doing any birthing. And, and they're going to go under water, and Steph and I are going to help them to do that. And then they will come back up, and a load of people will... Um, they will come back up. That's a really crucial bit, let me just say that. They'll, co they'll come back up, and a load of people will clap and cheer, and then we'll sing another song, and then we'll all go home, and then we'll all come back again and do the same thing again next week. So um, I just wanted to say, when I put it like that, for some of you that like, are thinking, oh, this is all just a bit weird... Um, and you've got a couple of questions of what's going on, well, that's kind of why I want to explain it, because I think you may need an explanation. So um, can I just take a few moments, if I can, to try and explain it? Um, because one of the things that we always try and do is create environments as a church where people could come and explore Jesus. And today we're going to have the joy and the privilege of hearing some people tell their stories of how they found and how they encountered Jesus. You might not have seen all those other little bits in between, but today we're just going to mark that moment and they'll briefly share their stories. And it'll be all be slightly different because they interweave their own personalities and journeys. But ultimately, all of them have come to know Jesus in two ways. Firstly, as their saviour, and secondly, as their Lord. First, we accept Jesus as our saviour, and well, we do when we need, realize that we need saving. That's probably the crucial bit. But often in life, we can kind of bumble along and we then bump into stuff. And out of our everyday routines, sometimes something just changes and it catches our attention. And we, we kind of realize we have one of these moments. Maybe it's just me, but you go like, hang on a minute. Is there something else going on here? Maybe there's something bigger than the thing we see. Maybe there's a bigger picture. Maybe there is a God. And not only that, but he wants to know and have relationship with me. Well, the guys getting baptized today, they've, they've, they've come to that realization. And as a result of coming to that realization, it's changed the complete direction of their lives. It started a journey of changing everything about them. And if you know them, you may just have seen 
segments and snapshots of that happening. And when we come to that moment of saying, hang on a minute, what these guys have done in that moment and that process, some of them quite quickly, some of them over a period of time, is they've given their lives to Jesus. And what they're saying is, hang on, my way of doing things is not actually working. And I want to surrender to yours. I need you and I want relationship with you and I want to understand what that means. Now, when you come to that moment, a great question to ask yourself is like, okay, now what next? Now what do I do? Now, the, the inquisitive among us will have probably asked that question a few times. And a similar thing happened in the Bible at a time called Pentecost. And Pentecost is basically a moment in time where the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples of Jesus and all of those gathered. And this group of people were gathered in Jerusalem. And one of them actually asked the question that I think we're, we're kind of asking, or some of them have asked, is what am I supposed to do now? And Peter gives a very clear answer in the Bible. It says this in the Bible. Let me just uh, read it to you if I can. No, I can't because I'm not going to open I'm going to read it from my notes. It's Peter, it says this. Peter's words pierce their hearts. Basically, he's telling them about Jesus. And the words that he was using pierced their hearts. Sometimes that could really happen. You just get that, hang on a minute. Something different is going on. And he said to, and, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do now? There's that exact question. I think some of you have asked, what do I now do about this thing? We've heard about Jesus. What should we do about it? And Peter replied, it says this, verse 38, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Really simply, he's kind of saying two things. One is turn your life around and follow God. And then secondly, get drenched in some water. And somehow with the passage of time, and I, I don't know, let's not even go into it now, but something that is very straightforward has become quite complicated. But according to Peter on the day of Pentecost, and to Jesus, and to the apostles, and to Paul, the right response to the gospel, the right response to the good news of Jesus was repentance and baptism. And repentance really just means turning around. Repentance in our lives actually means doing a complete U-turn and heading in the opposite direction. It means heading towards Jesus rather than away from him, and it means agreeing for whatever he wants for every area of our lives, our time management, our finances, our conversations, literally everything. We start to say Jesus is in charge, and we're not. Jesus is our ruler, and we're not. Jesus is our Lord, and we're not. Repentance is ultimately something that takes place in our hearts and minds, but it becomes something that results in transformed behavior. And the other part of Peter's response is physical baptism in water. The way it was seen, and sometimes we miss it today, is that actually one follows the other. You repent, and you get baptized. You give your life to Jesus, and then you get baptized. One follows the other. And so here, we're, we're a vineyard church here in, here in, a, in the vineyard. We, we don't do a lot of rituals, if I'm honest. And, um, but everything we do do, and the way we do it, like the refreshments or what I share, how I share it, the way we do, like the vineyard kids groups, all of that tries to bear in mind those that have never been to church before, the unchurched, the de-churched, the never-churched, those who would sit on the, the edge of things. We try and create environments where our community can con connect quite easily, quickly, and clearly with Jesus. For us, religion and all that kind of stuff just makes it very complicated, something that really is actually quite simple, that God loves us, 
Hallie longs to have relationship with us. But there's, there's some things, some rituals, for want of a better word, that we want to stand in the continuity of the church for thousands of years, things like sharing the Lord's Supper or this, this other thing called baptism that we're going to do today. And baptism is really just a public declaration and acknowledgement that we're surrendering control to Jesus. Because here's, here's kind of what it's about. Jesus lived and Jesus died and Jesus was buried and Jesus rose from the dead. And all of that is represented in baptism, which is why we baptize. when we baptize somebody, what we're saying is Jesus died for them. He was buried for them. Jesus rose for them and they love him and he loves them. That's why even in the, the act of baptism, we're showing Jesus' death and resurrection. Baptism demonstrates that the, the old way of life can die. That's, rep that's repentance. That's a complete U-turn. That we've been freed from our slavery to sin. What, what we're not saying is then suddenly that person becomes a perfect person or even that when we get baptized we become a perfect person the kids are just going to join us they wanted they said this morning they wanted to hear some of the testimonies and all they normally see is people just get baptized so we're like come on in come and hear it so the people are not saying they're perfect people far from it what they're saying is that they know and they acknowledge their need of jesus and they want to publicly declare it it's an outward sign of an inward change you know, when a, when a couple get married, they give and receive a ring. It's a sign of marriage. In a similar way, baptism is a sign. It's a public confession of what somebody believes. And in a short while, we're going to baptize a few people. What's going to happen is they will go backwards into the water, symbolically saying, I leave behind my stuff, my thinking I'm right. I leave behind what the Bible calls sin, which is self-centered living. And I come up washed, and I come up in new life. I come up because of the price that Jesus paid for me. And how symbolic that we should do that in a birthing pool. Let me just read to you Romans 6, verse 4. It says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. For we know that our old selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to our sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free for the, from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. I just want to remind some of you of the significance of Jesus. Can we just take that moment just to acknowledge and recognize that afresh in your lives that he's our lord and savior who he is is a game changer it's a life changer he didn't just bring a message he was the message he still is the message and the mission the ministry and the message of jesus is what we want to focus on who jesus is changes everything when we put our trust in him when we choose to follow him our lives change who we are changes how we live changes and we become aligned with him there's this bit in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, says anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new has begun. I, I was going to tell a story that involves one of our offspring, but now they're in the room. I'll just kind of, kind of creatively recreate a different way of telling you it, but um, uh, let, let me just work that out. Uh, if, oh, 
goodness me. Right, if, there's a, if there is a country called Papua New Guinea, right, let's just take part of that word and stick it alongside a pig and come up with an animal, you would know the animal I'm talking about. Okay. So one of our, one of our offspring, let's use that language, um, the youngest one, has two of those creatures that if you combine Papua New Guinea and pig, wait, I think you're with me, um, Anyway, this this we, uh, she she also loved. Oh, I'm just gonna have to. We're just gonna have to go there. Um, anyway, she loves koalas, right? Koalas, right? And she's got about seven of them. And um, they're, they're of course teddy ones. They're not real ones. There's only one zoo. There's only one zoo in the UK that has real ones. And we we've got our, we're locked on. We're going at some point. Anyway, um, we're always like collecting sticks and leaves for these said, right? And um, she, she just loves them. Anyway, we've got two of the. Papua New Guinea things uh, in, in the garden. And, and um, this week, she's decided that they're no longer Papua New Guinea things. They're actually koalas. Because she's like, that's what she wants. So we've got the wrong animal. We've like renamed the animal and we're walking around with them like they're a different animal. And uh, we've actually caught it. It's okay. She, we're like, she's, she's only um, very young. We, we are actually sane and normal people. I just needed to know that. But the, the reality of it is, of course, they've not changed into a new animal. I'm just going along with it because I'm a good dad. And, um, but the, the reality is, in our faith and in our life, who we are is completely different people. I'd, when we decide to follow Jesus, we're brand new people on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives us new life and we're not the same anymore. We're not reformed or rehabilitated or re-educated. We are recreated into new creations. It's not merely turning over a new leaf. It's beginning a new life. What starts as a guinea pig could actually become a koala. Do you see what, do you see what I'm saying? I don't know if that, I've totally lost some of you on that. Have I stretched that too far? But for, for, for a moment, imagine the God who created us and loves us finds that we've become distant from him and we've chosen our own ways rather than his way and what is best for our lives. So what, what does he do? He buys us back and he sends his son Jesus as a ransom for us. He saved us and he creates a way for us to know him and have relationship with him. And today these guys who are going to get baptised in a moment have come to that acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour and we want to celebrate that. Many of you will have questions about it. I just want to say two things. One is there's a little card on your seat about Alpha. We're about to start a course just after Easter. You'd be very welcome to do that. Have a meal with some people and chat about it. There's also a little card about Easter. Come and join us on Easter Sunday. What an incredible moment to acknowledge the, the, what Jesus has done for us. We would, of course, love to chat with you about that. There's also a little booklet as you leave, free of charge, you can have it, and it's in multiple languages called Why Jesus? Just a very short explanation of who he is and why it is that we follow him. Shall we celebrate some of the stories of the guys this morning? They're going to need, it's quite hard, I think it's quite hard, it's quite intimidating for some people to come up the front, so why don't we give a massive warm welcome firstly to Linda. I can't actually see you, but I think you are. Well done, Linda. You ready? It's <laughs> good. Okay. All right. Um, I grew up in a Christian family where praying, attending church services on Sundays was normal. Um, when I think about it, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, to be honest. Then growing up, I stopped going to church every Sunday 
then every month until I completely stopped. I was basically too tired because I was living my best life, I would say, or I had other things more important to do than spending time, my, spending my time in church. Anyway, the few times I was attending with my father or by myself, I was either way busy yawning the whole service, busy on my phone, or busy staring at people. I really don't know when it started, or maybe that voice was already was always being around, I, and I was not paying attention. But in 2017, I think, I started hearing this little voice in my mind telling me, go to church, pray, open the Bible. And of course, I kept ignoring it because I was way too busy traveling, left, right, thinking it was the, it was the right thing to do at that time, until I landed in Manchester in September 2020. For the first time in my life, I felt my life was meaningless. And that little voice was more and more persistent. Um, okay, sorry. I decided to listen to it, started praying more often. I have read many times how Jesus died on the cross, but But last year, somewhere in September, when I read it again, it hit different, differently in me. I asked, I asked myself, if God gave his only son and died for me in order to be saved, what am I doing with my life? I started seeing my life in a different way. Things I was doing before, thinking there was no harm in doing so. But with God's eyes, it, wasn't, it was not. And I felt ashamed, not worthy of his love. Uh, I can say a lot of things, but I thank God for being, for being patient with me, for his perseverance, for keeping knocking at my door, welcoming me with, with all my imperfections. I give thanks today because I am a different person in every way, even if the journey is still long. I know I have God with me. I am loved. I am not anymore afraid of tomorrow. And I am looking to serving God more and more the way he intends me to do. I wanted also to, thank, to say thank you to the church, to Manchester Vineyard. You all have welcomed me and made me feel comfortable. I have joined MV in October 2021, questioning myself why, at the same time, I joined Alpha Course, which was helpful. You all have helped me growing into faith, and I thank God who put me on your way. Wow. Incredibly powerful moments. Just, um, we're, we're going to share the story of one of the, the younger members of the church. Uh, coming forward is incredibly intimidating and quite hard for them to do. Equally, even trying to do it on camera was hard. Uh, we've, we've had numerous discussions at numerous points about doing this. I just want to say the kids team have journeyed with this guy and seen him give his life to Jesus. Incredibly powerful. We're just going to play it by video, hopefully. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Noah, hello! It is wonderful that you're getting baptised today, and we just wanted to find out a little bit about how long you've known Jesus and, and, and how you decided to follow him, and what difference you've made in your life. So, how long would you say you've known Jesus? Uh, three years. Oh, amazing. And how did you learn about him in the first place? By doing RE and church. Amazing. And was that fun or what? Yes, it was fun. <laughs> and what's your favourite thing about Jesus? The stories. Oh, mate, he's pretty cool, isn't he? <laughs> so, Noah, when you got to know about him, that's one thing, but it's a bit of a different thing to decide to be his friend, isn't it? So, can you remember when that happened? What made you decide to, to be his friend? Well, I had a feeling. Can't mm. remember what it was like. Mm -hmm. But that made you want to follow. And then, and then what happened? Um, I went back outside. <laughs> Amazing. So you're, you asked your mummy if you could be his friend, didn't you? And then you went back to playing, which is a great thing to do. Um, um, I can't remember what I was doing at the moment. <laughs> That's fine. And Noah, sometimes, um, well in fact all the time, when we start following Jesus, it changes us, doesn't it? Would you say there's ways in which it's changed you? Yeah. Oh, what are they? I was being a bully, then I changed them being nice to my bully. Oh, amazing. So it's really changed how you treat people at school, has it? Amazing. And is that always easy? Uh, it's not always easy to do what Jesus wants, is it? No. <laughs> Well, Noah, that is absolutely amazing. And finally, can you tell us, obviously when we get baptised, it's us saying we want to follow Jesus and for him to be our king and our saviour for the rest of our lives. Can you tell us... Oh, the cat's got him! <laughs> Noah, can you tell us what made you decide to do that? When was that? Um, I can't remember what date it was, but it was in summer. Ah, amazing. And... Um, that's when you decided that you wanted Jesus to be your saviour forever. Yeah. Amazing. Well, look, now we are looking forward to it. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Guys, well done. I know um, it took a lot of takes because uh, I don't, it's like our children. You try and take a photo of them. You get the perfect pose until you try and take the photo. Um, there's a number of things that aren't there foresaid in those moments. Just some of the dreams he's been having. Some of the ways he's been sharing and talking about Jesus are incredibly powerful. And uh, you, can't, you can't capture that on camera, but I just, I just want to say that and celebrate that. But praise God for what is happening among some of our younger people and what a delight it is to be baptising Noah as well. But by last means, but no means whatever, I can't find, remember the phrase, but <laughs> Shanique, come on. Thank you. It means least, that's Don't what I meant, on. there it is. Close enough, close enough. Okay. <clears throat> Hello everyone, I'm Shanique. <laughs> okay. So in the film Angels and Demons, when asked if he believes in God, Tom Hanks' character responds with, faith is a gift that I have yet to receive. And I remember finding it so poignant because faith was a gift I've been blessed with my whole life. I've always believed in God, always prayed and seen the wonder of creation. I had someone to beg for things to go right and be angry at when they went wrong. I saw the power of miracles when he healed my mom's brain hemorrhage when I was 14. 
I went along to church with my grandma and sometimes alone. And I allowed myself to be moved, but not necessarily changed. I guess I've always believed everything was in his hands. And can I say I gave all my worries and fears to him at all times? No. But ultimately, I still believed he made all the decisions, even if, in my opinion, they were sometimes the wrong ones. Uh, but I still loved God. And what I didn't fully understand, however, was just how much God loved me. And because of that, I never felt quite adequate enough. Battling anxiety, imposter syndrome, and for someone so loud, incredibly low self-esteem for most of my life. For years, I actually used to say, I'll get baptized after I'm married. Because I thought it meant you had to have your life together and give up on all the fun and exciting things. So I was content to just carry on trying to be a good person, but very aware I would fall short. However, around May 2020, I began to truly understand who Jesus is, what his heart looks like, and who he says I am. That is... No. The lashes. <laughs> on my neck. Okay, we got this. Woo! And that has changed the trajectory of my life. I was lucky enough to be furloughed, so, you know, I was living my best life in the sun. Um, I started regularly helping out at MV's food bank. And after having asked me so many times before, I don't know where you are, Hettel. Hettel asked me again if I wanted to do Alpha. I literally had no excuse. My only real commitment was my 30-minute daily exercise. So I thought, why not? I previously felt it wasn't for me. My life was so busy, and I was already a Christian after all. But the Alpha course, along with an abundance of prayer and reading and questions and singing worship songs at the top of my lungs on said walks, my best friend who had to live with me can attest to that as well. Um, so it really taught me so much. Since then, God has moved in ways I never would have guessed or asked for, if I'm completely honest. He's humbled and elevated me. He's shown me strength and vulnerability. He's sent an array of amazing people into my life. He's given me courage to use my voice for justice. He's shown me how to He's shown me how he wants to use me in my industry and given me conviction in the creative gifts he's blessed me with. I lost my grandma in August 2020, but I am so glad I began to open my heart to Jesus so I could genuinely engage in faith with her before she was reunited with her maker. Many of the amazing people in my life are in this room. My family, who I adore, they were late, as I expected, but <laughs> being a sterling has been where I've experienced so many moments of heaven on earth. And God has always had a hand on my life because of my family. My wonderful friends who have always supported and embraced me and all my extraness. Um, and those who have been on this walk with me in this church. I could not be more grateful for the community I've found here. I've been to MV a few times before the pandemic and I always left crying. Shock. Um, but if I'm completely honest, I didn't quite buy into healing and tongues and the spiritual gifts I saw unfold here. But thank God that God didn't leave me where I was. Each week with my wonderful small group family, I learned and lent into more of the Holy Spirit, the God of the natural and supernatural, who has brought me healing for an ongoing knee problem, and in his faithfulness met with me in a very powerful way I'd never experienced before at Cause to Live For. That weekend was the final breakthrough for my reluctance to become part of this church. The heart to serve others and see in the kingdom is so precious here, and I am so grateful to everyone who has nurtured an honest and safe and loving environment for me to learn. 
I may have believed in God before, but I didn't know him. I didn't know that the goosebumps I felt in moments of wonder was the Holy Spirit moving. I didn't know that the church as an institution wasn't an accurate portrayal of Church of Christ. I didn't know the gravity of what Jesus did on the cross. I didn't know the truth. He gave his life for me, for you, for the Tom Hankses of the world who haven't received the gift of faith. But to receive something, you have to be willing to accept it. You have to open up your eyes, your mind, your heart, and embrace it. Jesus gave us something we can never earn, and I have finally allowed myself to receive the gift of his grace. So I'm still far from being the perfect Christian. I still feel inadequate at times, but then I remember I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And every day I want to take steps towards his purpose for me. In Matthew 16, 25, the Lord says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Well, I have never known peace or joy or freedom like what I have found in Jesus. And I pray I can cling to it through all the trials of this temporary world. An easy path is not promised, but I am ready for my life to be an act of worship to the Most High. To be obedient in seeing in the kingdom and walking by faith and not by sight. And the woman he created me to be is now the woman I want to be. That is a gift I am incredibly grateful for. I don't think I'm young enough to say it's totes emosh, but uh, <laughs> I preach it. Come on. Um, Right, and well, let me just explain what we're going to do in a moment. Uh, let's just let the kids go first so that they can gather around the front because they're a bit short. Then we'll, we'll all wander out. Uh, it'll take a bit of time, but we're going to baptise them. Uh, when they come up out of the water, we'll clap and cheer. We'll have a moment with each of them where we'll pray over them. Uh, and then we'll come back in here, sing a final song of worship. The guys that get baptised will gather at the front. We would then encourage those of you that know them, are in small group with them, have been on the journey with them, come and pray over them. Some of you will have prophetic words, insights, but just stand alongside them and pray in that moment. And then we'll... Uh, they're asking me to do something, but I don't know what it is. Then, 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 we'll, um, then we'll go home and come back and do it all again next week, as we said earlier. So, right, let's go through. Guys, why don't we stand? Just um, before we worship Jesus, I just, I just wanted to say um, two things, actually. Some of you will have been stirred and have questions. It was in some of the stories about Alpha. That is a phenomenal environment to explore Jesus, and we'd encourage you to look at uh, joining some of the guys who run that little course, have a meal together, and discuss some of the questions you might have. You can find a flyer on your seat for it. Some of you as well, I think, you'll have just been stirred to get baptised. It's a step of obedience. I just had a conversation just just a moment ago, and was like, I need, I need to get baptised. And again, I, I just encourage you to take that step in that moment while that's fresh in your mind. Just let's just pray that just the power of God fell on those guys as we baptise them. Spirit of God, would you fall afresh on us? There's power in these resurrection moments. There's power in these giving our lives, surrendering our lives to you. This is what you've called us into. So Spirit of the living God, we welcome you among us. We thank you. We celebrate. We give all the glory to you. And as part of that, this isn't singing. This is worship because we worship you. So 
So we just want to take a moment in celebration, Lord, to worship you for what you're doing among us, for what you have done for us all. Would you be pleased? Would you be praised? Would you live among us that you would be our God and we would be your people? Bless you. Well, what a beautiful morning. I'm just blown away again and again at how Jesus does it again and again, doesn't he? he? He saves and he frees again and again and again. And I'm so moved by oh, stories of, of lives changed. So um, we're going to make some time now to, to pray for Shanique and Linda. Um, Noah's going to be prayed for um, by the kids' team and the kids um, out in, in their groups. And um, but I just want to say, if you have any words or senses for Noah, please... Share it with um, with Kate and his mum, and um, yeah, we'll pass it on to Noah. But we just don't want this moment to pass him being blessed and encouraged just because he's not physically in this room now. Um, I think he's a bit overwhelmed, so the kids team are just gonna just take good care of him. Um, but yes, Shanique, Linda, why don't you come forward, and we're just gonna gather around you and pray for you. If those. Um, You may have noticed that when they came out of the water that they were all kind of visibly shaking and that wasn't because they're cold or because they were nervous. It was the power of God on them and, um, yeah, the manifest power of, of his presence. And um, we just want to honour them and bless them. So if, you're, yeah, if you know these guys, if you love them, if you just want to come and bless them, come and pray for them. And anybody else, if you want to receive prayer this morning, please don't leave without someone praying for you. Um, so we're going to kind of prioritise these guys now, but but yeah, honestly, anyone that wants to come and be prayed for, just come and, and come out here. We will make sure that people come and pray for you that are in the life of, uh, small groups in the life of the church. <laughs>